Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Uh, now, last week, uh, author Gavin McRae, and he has strong links to the University of Limerick. Uh, he's what's known as a writer-in-residence there. He was the victim of a brutal homophobic attack in Dublin uh, where he sustained a broken nose and cheekbone. And that's the reason that we've asked uh, Megan uh, Thornton to talk to us this morning specifically and Patrick McElligot of Gosh in um, Limerick. Uh, Megan, um, were you shocked to hear about this attack on Gavin? Um, I wasn't shocked, which is the sad thing about it. Um, I've heard of this happening very close to home. I've heard of it happening in Limerick, in Dublin, obviously, is a bigger city. I've heard it happening in places around the world. I wish I was shocked to hear it. I wish that I didn't just read it and go, well, this is just another case of this happening in Ireland and we just have to accept it, Start not accept it, but have to read about it again and move on with our lives. I'm glad that it's led to a discussion like this happening because I feel like there isn't enough discussions around homophobic attacks, whether they be verbal or physical. Um, So I wasn't shocked, but I was obviously upset. Talk to me a little bit about your own circumstances and how you feel about those in the context of what we've heard about Gavin and others. Um, I've been very lucky in the case of I have a very supportive family. I have a very supportive friend group. Um, when I came out as a member of the LGBTQ plus community, I was very accepted. Um, my first experience and really only experience of a homophobic kind of verbal attack happened last summer in the city. Um, I was in People's Park with my girlfriend it was just a it was a really sunny day, so we were just hanging out there before I got a bus home. And we kinda had our guard down. I'm not we're not ones for public displays of affection really. We're kind of wary when we're in a public place of whether we should or who's around us. We you just constantly have to be thinking. Um, but because it was so sunny and we we're having such a nice time, we decided just, you know, to let our guard down. We were holding hands and while we were leaving the park she just turned to give me a kiss, something that another couple might not even have to think about. And we just started hearing shouts from behind us. It sounded about four or five lads. I didn't turn around. Um, they sounded about ages probably like 16 to 18 years old and just kind of shouting and laughing at us. And I don't remember exactly what was said, but I do remember one particular line where they said that they would pay us a certain amount to kiss again and then just feeling the complete panic of we need to get out of here, we need to get out of this situation. So we just started walking as fast as we could to get out. And it, was, it wasn't even like it was evening time or that there wasn't people around. It was 3 p.m. in the day and there was people everywhere. And because the sun was shining, people were walking their dogs, people had their kids in the park. And it was just such an out-of-place situation. It didn't feel real. And we just were like, I could just hear being like, we need to get out, we need to like leave right now. So we just walked out of the park and I had to get straight on a bus home right after that. And I just remember feeling sick for days after. and But also feeling lucky that it hadn't gone worse. And also feeling lucky that this was the first time that this had happened to me. 
and then questioning why did I feel lucky about this? Why do I'm like, oh, I'm actually very lucky in this case. Megan, the other people who were around but obviously weren't involved in saying anything to you, do you think they noticed? Uh, Did anyone react? I didn't even see, really. I don't know if anyone did hear, but they were shouting what I heard very loudly behind us and laughing. And there was a big group of them, so I don't see how someone wouldn't have noticed. But the second it happened, my my just thought process was just focusing on me and my girlfriend and thinking that we need to get ourselves out of this situation. Was your girlfriend equally upset? Yeah, I'd say she definitely was. Obviously, I can't comment on her experience. I can only comment on mine. Um, but I would say definitely it's something that affects everyone differently, but it definitely would have an effect on both people in the situation. Is it tougher or the same for um, women who are gay um, in couples around Limerick than than men, for example? Or do you think it makes no difference? I don't really know. Um, I wouldn't say it's tougher. I'd say it would be different. I'd say the experiences that we have would be different. Um, I think uh, I identify as a lesbian and there might be more of a sexual element to it where they weren't threatening to beat us up. They wanted to see us kiss in front of them, which was just, you know, just creepy and weird in just so many different ways that that's what was making me just feel ill that something like holding my girlfriends had could be seen as something that they thought was for them and not for us and had nothing to do with them so I definitely say it's different I could never say that it was better or worse for anyone and it's just kind of case by case basis really uh, Patrick McElligot I mean through your work with Gosh is this all too typical what Megan has talked about in the context of what happened to her in the People's Park in Limerick? Uh, it's a familiar story, I think is the way to put it. And I think it's, an, it's I know I'm sad that it keeps happening, actually, that we're not moving on as a society from this. I think people's experience, it, it happens too much that people are shamed because of who they are. And even the situations that they're in, I, I think for people, no matter what their gender is or what their orientation is, when there's a word that hurts, it's going to hit them in a similar way and sometimes different for other people. So while it's a familiar story and it's frustrating that it's still happening like this, it is still happening. And I think just to touch on it, and it's something that comes up a lot with people that I work with and personally myself, in public spaces, it's not just about enjoying the public space, it's about checking who's around you. And people have to become hyper aware of sometimes whether or not there's a threat present. Even in broad daylight on a sunny day, as Megan talked about in the lovely People's Park. Yep, where you're spending time with a person that you care about and there really shouldn't be a threat to that because it's not like you're wrecking the place. (laughs) Yeah, I can confirm we were not wrecking the place. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Megan, I suppose, is there some complacency there among people in general now because they assume through the uh, referendum that's taken place and the general change in Irish society that what you have talked about, what Gavin McRae has uh, talked about uh, is not happening, but clearly it still is. Yeah, I think obviously the referendum was a massive step forward in Irish society and obviously I'm so grateful that it did go through and that it was a yes vote but I think that there was an idea that was like that's it now 
there's nowhere else to go. We are living in an equal society and we don't have any more steps to take and that just really isn't the case. And I just don't think that people think because it's not really something that you would think about unless it affects you or it affects someone that you know. And obviously it's not just happening in Ireland. I remember a week after what happened to me and my girlfriend, that attack in London happened with that couple on the bus. And it really begs the question... I saw that and I just was like, oh my God, am I going to be safe anywhere that I go? Because when I moved from Mayo to here, I was like, this is a fresh start. I'm in a city now. You know, obviously love Mayo and nothing against Mayo. But I was like, this is a country town. People are a lot more closed minded. But really, it's just, it doesn't really matter where you are if that ignorance is there. Then that's what needs to be tackled. And I think that still is present in Irish society. I think we have we have laws. We have laws that protect us as people. We have very clear laws that say that LGBTI plus people are now equal in a lot of ways. And there are still parts that we're not equal. I think sometimes it's easy to hand off the responsibility to the law, but actually it's enforcing the law where the problem is. I We would talk about it a lot that, yes, we have the law, but socially people are still being discriminated against. We have clients who won't leave their house because when they do, they get called words that I'm not going to name because it's I don't believe in giving them more power. Uh, we have people who go out every day and have to consider what they look like in case they're going to get beaten up. And we have the law. We do not have social protection yet. Right. Uh, how can people get in touch with GOSH? So, actually, anyway, they can drop in. We're up by the train station. Our phone number is 314354 and the website is www.goshh.ie. Okay. I should also mention, because obviously we're talking about the Caroline Flack story as well, that people can call Pieta House 24-hour helpline on one 800 247 247 or the Samaritans 24-hour helpline 116123. Well, listen, thank you both very much for highlighting those issues across the board with us this morning and let's hope that they resonate. Um, thank you to Megan Thornton. Good to see you again, Megan. Thank you. And also good to see Patrick McElligot of Gosh in Limerick again too. Thank you. Call Limerick today now on 461995.